And while we have a through line that states authorial intent means dick. Right. I don't want to have to have the same haircut you have, Dad. Sorry, forgive me. Harriet motherfucking tub. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be crawling to something else. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know. JK. Crawling. Uh, So was was this before or after the poster and you vomiting all over the couch? <laughs> For those of you that can't see, Ed's eyes just crossed. That is fucked up. <laughs> but it's not wrong. Where we connect nerdery to the real world. My name is Ed Blaylock. I'm a seventh grade world history teacher uh, teaching uh, in the virtual realm for now while the plague ravages our land uh, here in Northern California. Uh, And I'm also uh, the very happily married father of a uh, two-year-old little boy uh, who in the last two days at daycare has learned how to milk a cow and make butter. You were raising them right because you're going to need that shit uh, going yeah, down pretty, the road, Cormac. Uh, pretty, pretty shortly yeah. after uh, after after civilization falls apart sometime yeah. in the next, I don't know, 90 days at this point, looking at the time scale. Bold of you to assume it's um, going to take that long. <laughs> <laughs> I've always been a cockeyed optimist that way. So, <laughs> you know. And, and who, sir, are you? Uh, I'm Damien Harmony. I'm a uh, high school Latin teacher. I'm a high school history teacher up here in Northern California. I'm a father of two, one who is about, well, by the time we hear this, she has turned eight and had a family D&D game from across the country um, by the time we'll have heard this. Um, my son is 10, loves the Clone Wars, uh, and uh, I, I bought a bow and arrow. And it's it's coming in the mail, and I need to buy hay from your wife. Uh, straw, straw. Remember, sorry, straw. sorry. Turkey straw, in the hay, turkey in the hay. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I need to I need to buy that so that we can set up a target behind the house because <laughs> I want them to have skills they're going to need. So in that you know by your estimate something closer to like sixty five day window. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. <clears throat> that's that's so, my plan. So, and it's also it's reversible, so it's left and right handed. So I can show them with me, and then I can have mm-hmm. them do it. Mirror. So yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, that's uh, ah, may you live in interesting times is the worst curse I've ever heard. So yeah, pretty much. Yeah, the, you know, I gotta say the Chinese were really good at that stuff. Mm-hmm. I that I that that, that 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 understated. There's there's something about. The Confucian tradition of of education erudition, and I don't want to say cynicism, because Confucius was was the opposite of a cynic. He was right. he was such he was he was just, just such a passionate idealist in so many ways. Yep. I mean, sexist is all fuck, but but you know, immensely idealistic. Mm-hmm. And and so I don't want to say uh, uh, cynical. But there's there's a certain weary, you know, kind of sure. kind of underlying real politic. It's, it's, you, would you say that because yeah. I've I've heard um, Jean Paul Sartre described as a stern optimist? 
Would you say that he's that or just more of a world weary uh, idealist? I'd say I'd say world weary idealist. Okay. I, I don't I don't know if optimist. I don't know if optimist is really appropriate for for Confucius based on based on the admittedly limited reading I've done. Sure. Um, I I think Lao Tzu was more of an optimist. Mm. Um, you know who was well, not a world weary uh, idealist. Who who would that be? Pat Buchanan. No. No. <laughs> no. Pat Buchanan was a raging asshole. Yeah, still is. Still is. Still is. I mean, yeah. Yeah, we're, yeah. yeah shouldn't use past tense in this case. Well, wishful so, thinking. Uh, there, though, again, though, you're a cockeyed optimist. <laughs> though we would like to. Yeah. yeah. So you you want to dump, jump into the 1990s with me? Let's, let's by all means, jump into the 1990s. So if you recall. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Let me go put on my swimming cap and my goggles because that water is filthy. Yeah. I was going to say, I didn't know you swam yeah. in the 90s. Yeah, well, huh? you know, you do what you do. Yeah. yeah. So, but anyway, so Pat you, Buchanan, yeah, raging ass. The, the, the election of 1992 uh, had been a lot more, as we had discussed before, it had been a lot more of a realignment than it had initially been thought. Um, yeah. So after the fact, you can look back and go, oh, right, the fault lines go deep instead of like, yeah, it's just a thing we'll paper over. Um, the Northeast had a bunch of traditional swing states, which went Democrat and then stayed that way for more than 20 years. The South, despite yeah. a few swing states going to Clinton, would forever be Republican states after that. They were red. Yeah. Yeah. With a few exceptions for the first Obama uh, election. So Clinton yeah. wins uh, and the right is aggrieved. Uh, and the lines are now drawn. And Newt Gingrich looks at this, and he see he sees a path to power. Oh man, that look on your face! He sees a path to power, and it's a fertile field. Um, and he he absolutely uh, figures it out. So Newt Gingrich, uh, may his bones be crushed, uh, and and may uh, his blade chip and shatter. Yeah, uh, and God. I just I'm I'm remembering Newt Gingrich during 2016 when he said uh, feelings are facts, and it was just this little rhetorical trick that he did. The fact that people do have feelings is a fact, but that is yeah. not what he meant, and he left the door wide open for oh yeah oh all the fascism. Well, okay, so here's the deal. Um, I I think a meaningful case could be made mm-hmm. that Gingrich is the Goebbels of our particular moment in time. I yeah yeah bodily he's much more the the um Gurry. Gurry. yeah but I'm not I gonna I mean yeah but intellectually I think you're absolutely in, right intel- intellectually speaking I th- I think you know Gingrich being you know a university professor and yep. and you know having those the, those intellectual bona fides and mm-hmm. and his his outlook on the great game yeah um, absolutely and knowing that uh well and yeah you, you're Really salient, actually, because of what I'm about to tell you. Um, okay. So he and Dick Army. Uh, <laughs> there's a name, huh? Jesus, yeah. And, and there's also there's also Colin Powell. Like it just. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But Dick Army cribbed a bunch of stuff from Ronald Reagan's State of the Union speech of 1985, and then they took a bunch of that and combined it with things uh, that the Heritage Foundation think tank had come up with. And they came up with something called the Contract with America. And this was their response to the victory of Bill Clinton. Now, 
say what you will about both parties, but I got to say, when the right loses, they jump into that game. Like, they're like, you know, they, like I, I they, they, the, the left is a coalition, you know, force, yeah. and, and the oh, Democrats yeah, well, are especially yeah. bad at this, but, but they respond to polls, and the right, they move polls. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's wildly different. Yeah, well, well, I, I think I think a big part of it has to do with the fact. I mean, again, as as you point out, the yeah. left is the left is a coalition kind of kind of entity. You know, it's it's a conglomeration of a whole bunch of different movements. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, and and a whole bunch of different different uh, interest groups and a whole bunch of different all that kind of stuff. Yeah. The, the right, certainly in this country, and I think kind of universally. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the forces that we identify as rightist, which is to say, yeah. uh, you know, wanting, wanting a, a powerful, powerful, powerful centralized government, mm-hmm. wanting, um, uh, uh, liberality in terms of, of markets, you know, pushing, pushing for a free market and, and lack of regulation of business, but wanting to have lots of control of individual citizens. Yes. Corporate those those the, yeah, those those forces are united by the fact that they are all uh I mean across the board mm-hmm. they they all have that that core set of interests and we're talking about industrialists and we're talking about people who are ideologically Oh yeah. Uh, authoritarian yes. who who have a, a dim view of humanity or at least of the unwashed masses and want to keep everybody under control. Mhm. Um, typically and, gaslit and then, by their own privilege. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah. yeah. And <clears throat> and then and then, yeah. And and as you mentioned, privilege the mm-hmm. the privileged classes of society that tend to make up the right. They also want to make um, up the rules so that they can stay and, in. Yeah, and precisely. They they they, yeah. they want to re- they want to reinforce that, and so that motivates them mm-hmm. very strongly when they see that their position or when they perceive. Yes. I don't want to say see. I want to say when they perceive that their position is somehow threatened, or their their privileges, or their their perquisites. I want to <clears> I want to <throat> add a little word in there before you say okay. position. Their uh, rightful position in their mind. Yes. Yes. There's yes. a level of yes. that. Like this is mine. How dare you? Yeah. Yeah. They they because then they can be victims. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, immensely. And, and so they, they take that victimhood onto themselves mm-hmm. and they, they are galvanized. Yes. For varying reasons, but to the same ends. Yeah. Yeah. That's really when good. stuff like yeah. this happens. And they're very brand specific. Like they, and they're immensely brand yeah. specific. And, and they had, they, you know, uh, uh, I remember in the 90s. Mm hmm. Um, dimly because it was a long time ago, but yeah. you know, uh, when, when I was a callow youth, you know, growing up in a Reaganite household, as we've talked about in the past, mm-hmm. one of the things we always talked about, you know, one, one of the things I always heard, I won't say that we talked about, but, but when politics came up, one of the things that always got mentioned was, well, you know, uh, uh, you know, Democrats, people on the left, liberals, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, whatever term you want to use. Um, are, are so tied up in, you know, identity 
politics and you know they got to be African American they got to you know we got to label everybody we got to be hyphenated American and you know what what it took getting away from my parents and being in the working world and having sure. you know a shit ton of life experience for me to figure out was man everything the right does is identity politics the difference is yeah. their identity has been the default yes and therefore the rightful space yeah and yeah. and and you know you talk about rightful and and I've I've, I've mentioned this before mm-hmm. in in January of 1993 my senior year of high school mm-hmm. um I stood in my uh, journalism classroom on the day Bill Clinton was inaugurated mm-hmm. for the first time and watched the inauguration there in my journalism classroom and I seethed <laughs> because this 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 parvenu this this hick this shy, you know, uh, yeah, shyster yeah. Uh, was probably a word that Slick occurred to Willie me at the time. Was Slick Willie, for this, him, this, yeah. this oil can just just used car salesman was was taking you know the oath of office that should have gone to you know his opponent that should have gone to Bush, right? And and there was genuinely. Um, this, this very, very powerful sense of, um, anger and grievance, um, and yeah, just, just, you know, and and it was, go ahead. I was going to say that wasn't just your response. That was the Republican response to the bill, to Bill Clinton's victory. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of, kind of what I'm saying is I, I was, I was part of that tribe Mm -hmm. and that's. So I, 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 you know, I, I have friends now who don't get mm-hmm. the, the conservative mindset in our current day and age. And I'm like, no, no I can explain to you. Yeah. Cause I was there. Like, I know, well, I know what this is rooted in yeah. and, you know, and at that time, uh, they were, they had not been the majority in the house, uh, and for 40 years, uh, and they, they suggested this is, oh wow! Yeah, so ninety-two is not since fifty-two, yeah. um, and they, Gingrich and Army, suggested that if if the Republicans became the majority, they do a bunch of stuff right away, and this was announced about six weeks before the midterm elections. Like, imagine having just a short six-week election cycle, uh, and that was yeah in ninety-four. Gingrich and the Republicans stayed away from divisive topics and only went after things, this is very clever of them, that 60% or more of Americans wanted, and they adopted that into their uh, their plank. Uh, they promised essentially eight major reforms and that they would bring them all to the floor. Okay, And so here's what those eight are. One, require all laws that apply to the rest of the country also apply to Congress. So this is idea, and what you're seeing mm-hmm. here is... Um, the elite have there's this divide that they're still playing off of from what Buchanan said. There's the elite and there's ordinary us, right? And so they're like, oh yeah, this this should apply to everyone. You know, we are not the elite. This includes us. So really good uh, bunting and trimming on on mm-hmm. their, on their plank. Two, select a major independent auditing firm to conduct a comprehensive audit of, of Congress for waste, fraud, and abuse. Which, again, on its surface sounds great, but it's automatically begging the question that there is a shit ton of that going on. 
you yeah, could well, easily make yeah. the argument there there was. But I would point out that it was Congress that tried to throw in the Boland Amendment telling Reagan to stop sending money to another country. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Three, cut the number of House committees and cut committee staff by one third. I have a huge problem with this because I do think that in order to take care of the uh, general welfare that you should actually be able to expand. But they're talking about cutting it because they have the idea of like well let's keep it simple uh let's keep it basic let's you know let's let's pare things down because the american you know money well okay and, and one they commodified mm-hmm. it and, and the other thing is that you got to remember this is also i i think the the beginnings of the k street mafia yeah um and and for for those in the audience who who don't know what that inside baseball term i just used means uh, there, there are a number of very prominent lobbying firms, yes. uh, many, most of them uh, conservative-leaning, uh, with their offices on K Street in Washington, D.C. And collectively, they are, they are referred to uh, flippantly as the K Street Mafia, mm-hmm. uh, a term they've actually adopted to refer to themselves yeah. um, in, in the way that people do. Um, and, uh, I don't remember which of them it was. Um, but one of the, one of the godfathers of this mafia mm-hmm. is, is famous for having said, I don't want to eliminate government entirely. I just want to make it small enough to drown it in a bathtub. That sounds very Manafort. And I know that Manafort was one of the biggest lobbyers, uh, at that time. Like, he got it going. I don't, it I don't think it was, so, yeah. it was some other guy. Yeah. I, off the top of my head anyway, but right. so, so the thing is, it's really convenient for them mm-hmm. to frame this as this, Hey, we're going to, we're going to simplify things. We're going to streamline everything when from the very beginning, right? Like, like what, what they didn't mention to most of the American people and, and you know, the, the, the thing that got left out of the question that, that could have you know, would, would have shifted the needle in terms of level of support is, you know, they're, they, they're, they're doing that not merely, you know, to simplify things and streamline things and make things, right. you know, easier to handle. They're doing it because no, 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 no. We want the government not doing shit. Right. Cause if they don't regulate, then they don't regulate us and our friends. By the way, it was Grover yeah. Norquist that said it. Because ah, thank you. So. Yeah, well, because, <laughs> because who else? Right. You or, know, yeah. Limit the terms of all committee chairs, uh, which I go back and forth on term limits. Uh, five, ban the casting of proxy votes in committee. Uh, six, require committee meetings to be open to the public. All right, cool. All right. Um, seven, require a three-fifths majority vote to pass a tax increase. Mm-hmm. Now, that sounds like a great idea until you realize tax increases typically can help money get to the poor. So, well, there's okay. That. No, there's, I mean, okay. From, from an, from an ideological, you know, redistribution standpoint, mm-hmm. number one. Yes. But, but strictly from a, we've got a country to run assholes right. kind of level. Like, okay, we have to make sure the Canadians don't come over the border and kill us all. Yes. We have to, you know, maintain our infrastructure. We need to make sure that goods, if, if you're such a fucking capitalist, mm-hmm. this is, this is what, what continues to boggle my mind about people who, who say they're fiscal conservatives. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. but they but they don't want to spend any money on capital improvement projects. Right, the things that would actually grease the skids really. The things well that would actually that would actually grease the money. skids real well, and you know, and and it should be something, and and it is at least you know, uh, 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 when when people are talking about it, and mm-hmm. and on paper. Everybody says, well, you know, yeah, we want to we want to support infrastructure, da da da. But the moment you say, well, we got to raise the money somewhere, all of a sudden, everybody with an R in front of their name is like, well, we're not going to raise taxes to do it, right? Which is funny because by this point, uh, taxes had you know on the the top top earners had shrunk by two thirds. Oh, well, well, yeah, well, yeah, because yeah. we're post Reagan, so yeah, yeah, all of that has been has been chopped yep. to 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 the bone. You know, and, and yeah, so. And the final anyway, step they wanted to, to guarantee, and the final reform was to guarantee an honest accounting of the federal budget by implementing zero baseline budgeting. So again, you have to justify and fight for and scrape everything and it becomes a zero sum game instead of like, hey, this is a good idea. We should really invest in this. You know, well, yeah. what, what's it going to cost us? It's going to cost us some money, but we really need to invest in this, you know. Which, which you know, the thing is anybody who, who, knows the inside baseball mm-hmm. of economics and, and knows how how economists actually talk to each other and how policy walks actually talk about this stuff. Mm-hmm. What they're actually saying is we're not going to do kinds anymore. Right. You know, we're we're not we're not going to do kinds and we're not going to do, you know, uh, prime for, the pump yeah. Keynes. Sorry. That's okay. We're, but we're, we're we're not we're not we're not going to do Keynesian anymore. Right. We're going to going to you know they they have this idea and and I don't know where exactly it started because because Eisenhower didn't do this. Um, you know, Teddy Roosevelt certainly fucking didn't do this. No. But but Republicans somewhere along the way got the idea that you could run the federal government of the United States the way a family runs their budget at home. Well, it's a really easy metaphor. And well, it that is, easy okay. metaphor is is good for ideology because they are the family based thing. And by the way, the family based thing is inherently patriarchal especially at that time, with the father oh, as yeah. the overlord and everyone else is working for the benefit of the family, um, and and it keeps the woman in the home. Like, it, it all ties into their ideology. That idea of family values is, I think, quite honestly, very much inherently what we what you can find in Mein Kampf. Like, the idea, and, and I'll, I'll even go back further, you can find it in Otto von Bismarck's Blood and Iron. Because he talks about well, the yeah. soil and the blood in the soil, and it's the folk, and it's all that kind of stuff, and it starts with the family and the family unit, and that's where a man has his control, and and that's what they base their society on, and that is inherently. Anytime I hear somebody saying family values, I I know where they would have stood when people were being carted <laughs> off, you know. So, yeah, yeah. So this guy won. This this method yeah. won. Yeah. Uh, and set about with this legislative effort. And it's not uncommon, by the way, for people to get a little bit of sticker shock and then vote the other party in uh, when someone else wins, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. So, but it was brought about partly due to the culture wars. And and that's really important because now they've got a button that they can push every time to get past people's like, well, you know, I made more money before. And it's like, yeah, but you want them gays yeah, to but, be gay. But you want you want you want them gays running things, right? And you so want them, it's like, you oh. want them, you want them, you want them to make your girl kiss other girls, right? So you want them, want them to force a boy into your daughter's bathroom, right? <laughs> yeah. Never mind the fact it wouldn't actually be a boy; it'd be a trans girl. But like, yeah. whatever, yeah. redneck. Yeah. 
So, so yeah. yeah. And so uh, there was also an icon in the White House that they could point to in order to stoke that same culture war. And this was also partly because... Yes, sir. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But early on, uh-huh. it just... Like, like looking back, I, I, I laugh at the, at the absolute fuckery involved mm-hmm. in that because it's, it's uncle Billy. Yeah. For fuck's sake. The guy, the guy that they're pointing to as, you know, leftist shaitan incarnate right. <laughs> is, 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 I mean, he's an incredibly intelligent guy mm-hmm. and he is immensely educated, Very. but He's a past master mm-hmm. at playing, mm-hmm. you know, uh, a good old boy, mm-hmm. you know, and, and his, his whole external, like, like his whole persona was so very, like it was part of what I detested about the man so much at the time mm-hmm. was, was he, he, he outwardly was just such a complete Arkansas heck mm-hmm. you know and they were able to flip that around That's, yeah and, 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 turn that, him, that. and turn him into this figurehead of they want to they want to force abortions on everybody and they want to they want to you know i mean just all of the mm-hmm. like no like do you do you see who it is they're pointing to i mean mm-hmm. like if there's any president in the modern era that i could actually imagine drinking moonshine out of the back of somebody's truck. <laughs> yeah. Like, is there anybody else you can imagine? Like, no, no, Bill right. Clinton, like done. And yet, and yet he's the elite. We're the ordinary he's, ones. He's, he's the elite. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, yes, he, he was, mm-hmm. I mean, actually, but he's he, a bootstrapper. He like he's straight up. Yeah. Yeah. Himself. He, he, he came from, mm-hmm. you know, a trailer park essentially. In his childhood, you know, childhood of a single mom. I mean, you know, he he should be, mm-hmm. you know, the 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 right wet dream in terms of you know, white guy, from what is now a predominantly red state, uh, who you know bootstrapped himself into the highest office of the land. He he was mm-hmm. what uh, Donald Trump wishes he could rewrite his biography to actually be. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. So but, the, the yeah. other factor besides this icon, yeah. uh, uh, that would stoke the culture war, despite it being inherently contradictory to reality. Um, and by the way, I don't think that's accidental. I think that ability to recreate reality to what you want. That's what I'm talking about. They move the poles. Uh, yeah, well, but the other Kermit. thing that uh, that enabled this was the fact that power mattered a lot more to Newt Gingrich as its own end. And as a result, uh, this effort leads to Republicans getting control of both the House and the Senate. So in 94, they may not have had the presidency anymore, but now they have the legislature. And they set about using it the best way they could. Okay, so that's 94. 95 comes. And with 95 comes a really uh, a bunch of really culture war-y sounding legislative efforts, okay? The, the use of language becomes more severe, and it sets a tone of absolutism with its morality. So here's a few things that they tried to pass, okay? The Fiscal Responsibility Act. Sounds good. 
sounds good. Begs the question, but sounds good. Requires a two-thirds vote uh, to pass unbalanced budget. It's interesting that they're now asking for that with a Democrat in charge, and there's no Cold War to spend oodles and cash on. And it also didn't pass, by the way. Uh, did I mention that this was supposed to be an amendment to the Constitution? No, sir. Yeah. <clears throat> the I I yeah. had I had blocked that from my memory. Mm-hmm. The next one is the Taking Back the Streets Act. Oh yeah, I remember this. Um, so that one is where you uh, build a Super whole lot predators. Oh yeah, that too. Um, you build a whole lot more prisons. You provide more police. You loosen restrictions on evidence gathering. And you make the pe- death penalty a lot more death guarantee So you Texasify the rest of the country. <laughs> the Personal Responsibility Act. Oh, you like that, didn't you? Fuck um, these guys. The, this cut cash and welfare programs in order to uh, discourage teen pregnancy and out-of-wedlock birth. I'm no scientist, but science kind of shows, and I'm no economist, but economics kind of shows that if you give money to the lower groups on the the socioeconomic ladder, on the uh, especially on the economic ladder, you give yeah. them that money, they they actually rise up, and it, it helps everybody. Turns out, when you go from the ground up, it all springs up. Well, you know. Um... I want to. I want to say. I think it mm-hmm. was uh, uh, Will Rogers, mm-hmm. who, who, you know, I'm trying to remember. I, mean, I think it was Dewey, off the top of my head, who, who first tried to give this. Who, who in in running against uh, Truman, tried to to push something like you know supply side economics, mm-hmm. and um, uh, Will Rogers said. Uh, at the time, you know, this doesn't make any sense because, you know, for a fact, if you give a poor man a dollar, it's going to wind up in a rich man's pocket by the end of the day. Mm-hmm. But if you give any money to the rich man, it's just going to stay right there or, right. or words to that effect. Yeah, yeah. And, and and you know, that that money money trickles upwards. It doesn't trickle. And he's, he's the one who actually came up with trickle down economics. So oh, it's wow. going to trickle down to the rest of us. But that's not how it works. And he he said, you know, give the money to the little guy, and you know it's going to wind up in the rich guy's pocket by the end of the day anyway. Yeah. You know, and and it's which frankly yeah. com, com, it completes the cycle because you tax the rich guy at a much higher rate, not so he's hurting, but so you give it to the little guy so he can then give. It's almost like capitalism isn't a necessary thing. It's just this thing that we put on top of everything. Because yeah, it, yeah. well anyway yeah I'm, like, I'm we gonna, could have Star yeah. Trek but you all want predatory capitalism <laughs> so the personal, I, the personal I'll, I'll, I'll I'll quibble about whether or not we could have Star Trek but um, I, I think we'd wind up with the culture first but yeah anyway so the Personal but, Responsibility Act also prohibited welfare to mothers under eighteen uh, it denied AFDC do you remember AFDC um, I do aid for families with dependent children uh, which was later yep. turned into TANF which is temporary yep. aid and something I've, I've got it written down somewhere else. Um, it de- denied that to mothers uh, who have more kids while they're on el- welfare. So, mm-hmm. oh, you, you were fucking for fun? Sorry. Um, well, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, it's... it's and it, it and, goes and back I to the Reagan idea of, like, welfare queens, by the way. 
And, oh, totally. Which, which is a complete and total sham and a canard, and it wasn't it's fucking a, true. It's it's a it's a fiction, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, what what I what I wanted to say was, I remember at the time, mm-hmm. um, getting into an argument mm-hmm. about that, mm-hmm. all of that, mm-hmm. uh, from my you know very male, very middle-class white guy standpoint with a female friend who was an on and off on on again, off again, girlfriend Mm -hmm. during high school and then into college. Uh, But getting into a really, really heated argument where, you know, she essentially, she pointed out, you know, what hadn't occurred to me, which was, um, you know, you're, you're literally taking money away from, from poor children. Mm Mm-hmm. You're, you're literally starving little kids. Mm-hmm. And that was the first window, I think, that got opened into my own, my, my own outlook on the rest of the world mm-hmm. was, was having it, having it put to me that pointedly. And then, and then seeing, I remember there was, there was a, a political cartoon that showed Newt Gingrich, mm-hmm. um, you know, telling, telling a woman with, you know, several children hanging around her, well, you know, you had them, they're your problem, right. you know, and the kids are you know, crying and hungry and, you know, and he's got the, whatever the title of the bill, you know, the, the personal act, responsibility act, yeah. personal responsibility act, you know, rolled up in his hand in the, in the cartoon. I was like. Yeah, that's not a good look. No. Like it also gave so, food vouchers instead of cash to women. So this is limiting where and when they could spend it, mm-hmm. which is limiting where they can go, which is just I mean, again, you're you're impoverishing these people more. Created a two years and out system for welfare. Yep. Uh lifetime limits to five years on AFDC, later TANF. Um, and it passed by a slim margin in the House and overwhelmingly in the Senate. Clinton vetoed it, but then in 96, yep. he passed another uh, law. Like, he signed yeah. off on another one. The next one is the Common Sense Legal Reform Act. Again, listen to these words, right? Um, in an effort to limit the amount of frivolous lawsuits, when I, oh, these, these are the ones that piss me off because it absolutely fucks the little guy. Uh, this act put restrictions on punitive damages, and it weakened product liability laws, and mm-hmm. it instituted the loser pays provisions for court cases. Every one of your safety regulations is written in blood. Yeah. Is a line that that comes to mind here. Yeah. You know, um, the woman in the McDonald's case. Oh, that's like, yeah. Suffered third degree burns. Mm -hmm. Not only that, but before she was burned. Mm Mm-hmm. McDonald's was aware of the fact that their practice of serving to-go coffee at such an immensely hot temperature had caused damage to other people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, despite the huge award that was given out to her by the jury at the time, because, like, apparently the photographs of, of the burns she suffered were a complete horror show. Yes. Um, and they're on yeah, the insides the, of her thigh. It required skin yeah. grafts and uh, oh yeah, well, I mean like massive, massive mm-hmm. medical bills that that she needed to get compensated for. And um, 
and 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 you know she wound up walking away with significantly less money at the end of it yep. and then and then that case wound up getting taken and turned into the 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 marching song which is again for, the second for the people time. second time yeah. they're like hey let's let's uh do a, re- a reform that fucks things over and by the way let's use a woman as an example because the same thing with yeah. the welfare queens but yeah, yeah, it was it was the the marching song for 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 anti tort for, for, yeah, reform. reform yeah and and you know I remember um, when I when I went to get my paralegal certification mm-hmm. uh, you know taking torts as a class it's one of the required law classes I had to take and and the the otherwise I'm I'm gonna say classically conservative in in you know not maga hat wearer but you know generally you know uh uh like like 70s republican mm-hmm. kind of kind of instructor that i had in that class so the 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 silent majority type yeah silent majority type mm-hmm. um she was was clearly affected mm-hmm. when she talked about that case and when she talked about tort reform mm-hmm. and it was like, well, okay, if she's this pissed off, then, then, you know, considering the source, there's, there's gotta be something going on here, Yeah, you know, and, and anybody who is actually a legitimate tort attorney is going to tell you that's not how this ever worked. Right. Like yes, there are people who file frivolous lawsuits, but there were already mechanisms. There, there have been mechanisms in place. And it's one of those. You if know, you look at the slice of the pie that is those. It's yeah. insignificant compared yeah. to the amount of good that actually allowing the little guy to sue the big guy yeah. for the fact that the Pinto blew up. Uh, yeah. You know, stuff like that. The Senate yeah. went against this, by the way, and Bill Clinton vetoed it. But a similar bill gets passed over his veto a year later. Yeah. Now there's more, but you get the idea here, right? And notice how nicely this is being sold to the people. Uh, it's, you know, again, I'll go over the names of what we just did. Uh, the Fiscal Responsibility Act, the Taking Back Our Streets Act, the Personal Responsibility Act, the Common Sense Legal Reform Act. Um, and it's everybody who who is in favor of it is the same people that it's actually fucking over. Uh, but it sounds good. Branding absolutely matters, and Gingrich captures this as as did Buchanan. They capture a brand and they run with it, because those same ordinary Americans wanted plain spoken traditional values that aren't driven by liberals and elites. So even if it's fucking them over, well, you know I can understand that. I could have a beer with that guy, you know. Meanwhile, it, it, when when in fact they they wouldn't let you within ten paces of them, but well. No, the economy that Clinton had inherited was broken by Reagan. It started to get repaired by Bush, mm-hmm. and then Clinton took the baton and really ramped it up. Actually, yeah, Bill Clinton and Al Gore weren't considered real Southerners, despite the fact that they were really from the South and really had Southern accents. Tennessee and Arkansas, for God's sake, Ooh, like, boy. yeah, like both confederate let's, let's, states let's, like let's 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 take a moment to just mm-hmm. say arkansas and tennessee yeah. like i mean you know we're not talking about louisiana and alabama this isn't like deep south but but 
This is southern. still this yeah. is this is this is Bible Belt Southern, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, and 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 Clinton was really similar yeah. to these to, demographically to these audiences too. Oh yeah, but Gore was considered the rich man on the hill. Um, he was a career politician. His dad had been a politician. He had a huge tobacco farm. All of that's true. Plantation owners, yeah. Yeah. However, neither man was considered Southern by 1996 when the NWO took over WCW. And now we get back to the wrestling. Yes. Now here's why. Clinton was from Arkansas, like you said. It's a deeply Southern state, culturally and mentally. Um, And I don't mean that actually as an insult. It just that's their mentality. They identify themselves as the core of the South, you know? Yeah. Well, and, 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 you know, going back to what we talked about, about regionalism all the way back to, you know, talking about uh, regionalism in wrestling and and all of that, you know, uh, religiously, Arkansas is very much in the same um, Pentecostal yeah. Uh, uh, cathartic Christianity. Yep. Bloodletting. Um, bloodletting and, and, you know, the idea of, of, uh, uh, you know, j- just having revival meetings. Yeah. Vengeance and, matters. And, and, you know? yeah, yeah. And, and, well, vengeance, you know, and, and, and the cathartic, uh, 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 redemption moment of your, of, of being reborn, of being, uh, born again. Right. You know, it's a cataclysmic event. It's, 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 not it's, 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 this, yeah, yeah, it's, it, it is not something you, you work toward. It mm-hmm. is something that you maybe hope for. And then it either happens for you or it doesn't happen for you. And it's this it, again, bloodletting and, yep. and all of that. Well, and if you look at the wrestling in that era, very bloody, like, yeah. I'm sure you remember guys named the Bushwhackers. Yeah. Yeah. We well, talked about him. We, we, we mentioned right. him briefly talking about right. uh, Serenity. Yeah, that's right. Uh, they were previously known as the Sheep Herders, and they were one of the bloodiest. Like, you go back and you look at the Bushwhackers, zoom in on their foreheads, and you'll realize, oh, that's a shit ton of scar tissue. Because they had the bloodiest matches in that. Oh, from, from, from palming a Bloodied, razor blade. Yeah. 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 So... Uh, I'm proud of myself for knowing that detail. As you should. I just want to say, know, yeah. like, you know. Kudos to you for that. Having picked that up, yeah. I've been learning. Yeah. Been learning. So uh, Bill Clinton came from fairly poor folks, but his family also had a really long history of being cool with people of all races in the South. Um, and his grandparents were would sell on credit to anyone who needed, did not matter um, their, their, their race. Um, he had deep roots in believing in racial equality. Uh, he'd memorized the I have a dream speech. He memorized it. And that's a long fucking speech. Um, despite being from the South, his intelligence and his ambition carried him all over the world. He went to Georgetown University until he graduated from there in 68. He got a Rhodes Scholarship to Oxford. And I think he was one of the first because it was a, a guy from yeah. Arkansas. Um, and, uh, he went to Oxford. He didn't finish his post-grad degree there, uh, which was actually really common for people in his age cohort at that time. Um, he came back to the U S figuring that he'd have to deal with the draft. Uh, although he'd received educational deferments in 68 and 69 because he was being educated in Oxford and he was taking part in rallies against the war because he, he saw that this is a dangerous and, and terrible war. Um, he was one of the Southerners without being one of the Southerners. Okay. And then he went from, to Yale 
See? Mm-hmm. Yale, which is the place where nobody from the South would ever go. Nobody would ever trust anybody who came from Yale. Like, imagine somebody from Yale, like, and, and, and like, having, like, grown up in the Bush. South. But... Bush. I'm sorry, who? Bush. Oh, yeah, yeah, but that's the older Bush. I mean, he came from, uh, like, no, no. in Connecticut. No. And so he's not. W. W. Yeah, but no, he's he's uh, from Texas. That's hardly Texas, the South. W. I mean, really, it. Are you fucking kidding? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. He did go to yeah. How, how, how much? How much did he play up his bullshit Texas accent? Yeah, and his yeah. his desperately want to be Ronnie Reagan cowboy. Yeah, like come on. Yeah, no. Yeah. So. And 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 his and his come to Jesus moment after having been a massive party boy, coke fiend, alcoholic, like, mm-hmm. come on, mm-hmm. yeah, and yeah, you no, know, he went to Yale. Yes. Now, but he's one of us because I could have a beer with him. It's no, this you weird fucking. No, I know, I know, I know. He's recovering from an alcoholic. No. Yeah. Well, and and he wouldn't have like partied with common folk. Like, he's. <laughs> No, That's, he wouldn't have called you common folk because no. on top on top of everything else, he's a bush. Yeah. There there is close to three generations of money. His general, general yeah, they're they are as close to genuine aristocracy as mm-hmm. anybody in this country gets. Actually, even like, closer, I would say, because his grandfather helped hide Nazi money and helped uh get going the uh businessman's uh uh, coup. So, oh, you know, what's 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 an attempted coup, right? Amongst upper class friends. I mean, really, it really is a good point. And and, and if we're gonna if we're gonna talk about you know uh, anybody you know hiding hiding Nazi money, having mm-hmm. ties to Nazis, we're gonna have to bring the Kennedys in too. <laughs> true. <laughs> I so. mean that that cuts across both aisles. That's that's, that's true. Like like that's gotta true. get we gotta get totally Karl Marx on that because that's a class thing. I, like. Yeah. You know, but anyway, continue. Okay, so I just, uh, I just had to say, fucking Bush. Yes, like if you're gonna talk about Yale, come on. <laughs> I I seeded that just to see. I I, yeah. I know I I know. <laughs> so does the audience. I know, but I had yeah. to. So uh, Clinton got his juris doctorate. He's not a lawyer, but he did get the JD. Um, and because he knew he was going to go into public service, and uh, eventually he would land back in Arkansas. Uh, I had to cut a whole bunch of stuff out about his courtship with with Hillary. Uh, it's adorable, though. Well, okay. Yeah. Hold on. Okay. Hold on. I'm going to stop you there. Okay. Because I'll tell you, I'll tell you right now. Mm-hmm. If if you're going to tell me mm-hmm. that you're going to talk about all the reasons why he wasn't considered really a southerner, oh, I'll get and there. You're not going to include marrying Hillary. No, I'm going to get there. I'm just not going to okay. talk about their courtship because this okay. is yeah. All right. Um, okay. So he becomes the second youngest governor of Arkansas ever. I think he was like okay. 34, 36, something like that. He was a political mover and shaker from very early on, and he was a force in the Democratic Party for quite a while. He was also as centrist as they come. You see, you could be in the South, you could be a Democrat if you were a centrist. Um, and he helped people economically but he also pushed for reforms of assistance programs. So essentially, he's helping poor white folk and putting a visible cap on poor people of color, and that's what's getting him uh, votes. 
um, he fought for, at the same time, social equality, but he also fights to deregulate businesses. So it's there's this wonderful thing that I heard once, uh, a, a friend of mine who lived in the South, she said, you know, Damien, the difference between Californians and Tennesseans is that Tennesseans don't mind having black people for neighbors, but they don't want them as their leaders. And Californians don't mind having black people as their leaders, but they don't want them for neighbors. And it was way truer than I wanted it to be. Yeah. Having lived in both hurts. places. It's, yeah. Yeah. So he's he's playing both sides in a lot of ways. He was good for the economy. He was good for business. And on several fronts, he was good for the marginalized. He wasn't going to get them all the way there, but he would set a, a, a an environment from which they could jump further, perhaps. But by 96, the South is fully convinced that there is a culture war on and that Bill Clinton was the godhead of the opposite culture. He was part of an internationalist New World Order, NAFTA, that would come in with its northern values and make a mockery of tradition and all that was good. They had plenty of ammunition. First, there was talk radio. Big in the 90s. Bill Clinton was the best thing for talk radio because despite the fact that the Republican Party had gained control of the entire legislature, they still had a president whom they could focus on and drum up their base with. And since he oh, had, yeah. yeah. And since he had the same affliction as Kennedy did, being a lech, um, <laughs> it, it was really easy to whip up culture war fury against Clinton because good ordinary people stick to their wife, sister. Um, and <laughs> this is Arkansas. Uh, and yet the economy <clears throat> was also going well. So it's this weird thing of like, okay, that guy, I really hate him. Can you name a reason? Because he, he fucks other women. Okay, cool. Um, but he's also really good for the economy. How do you answer to that? Ah, my brain exploded. You know, and that's... Yeah. And people have to choose whether to well, vote and, for their own good or for a guy that they hate. And, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. there is the underlying idea that anything he tried to do to help anybody in, in the working class... Mm-hmm was was going to people who were not deserving yes this is this is this is part of the fetish of rush limbaugh and mm-hmm. and everybody in that ilk yep you know now it's now nowadays it's more sean hannity and and bill o'reilly right <clears throat> but but there there was all of this i mean now if you go back in in the wayback machine and you go to the archives of mm-hmm. the rush limbaugh show the shit that came out of that guy's mouth was so blatant. I mean, to us nowadays, it was just so blatantly racist. You know, on, now you're talking and, and about it, a medal of, of freedom winner. All right. I, I will not have you just fuck that <laughs> with a cattle prod. I no, no, I'm sorry. Any, any, any such award, uh, given by the current junta, is going to need to be reviewed by a panel after this is all over mm-hmm. because like, I don't care if it's the congressional medal of honor, any award given by this president is suspect at best. Oh yeah. Oh, especially something, especially something like the presidential medal of freedom, which is the closest thing we have in this country to a knighthood, which is, you know, yeah. a token sim- symbolic cultural, like, yeah, no, you've had a wonderful no. impact on our culture. And, yeah. and that's, yeah, Rush Limbaugh has that. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
so <laughs> I'm not done. Oh, okay. <laughs> God damn it, I'm not done. <laughs> um, you know, the the stuff that came out of his mouth. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, he got away with it in the nineties because it was thirty years ago. Mm-hmm. But but like, no, seriously, it was it was blatantly racist. Yep. His his uh, characterization of Jesse Jackson anytime he talked about him. Oh yeah, was disgusting. Yep. And and the only reason I I wasn't disgusted by it at the time was because I was only just recently starting to come out of my shell from being you know slightly to the right of Genghis Khan, <laughs> and 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 you know nobody was really saying man that's that's ugly and racist like. Mm-hmm. You know, because because the way because the way in which we we had that dialogue hadn't evolved right. to to what it is now. But like, you know, and and it was it was always in these terms of they're 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 just going to give money out to you know everybody and and you mm-hmm. know these people who aren't deserving. And again, like you say, it was all rooted in the welfare queen myth, mm-hmm. and it was all it was all built around the same issue that's been pointed out that. Lower, lower class, lower, lower financial order, uh, you know, white people in this country tend to have, especially in the South and, and those regions, which is, well, you know, any assistance I'm getting, I'm getting because I need it and I deserve it. But my next door neighbor over there, he's a lazy fuck and he doesn't deserve it. And right. He's, you know, well, he's you not being one able- of us. He's not a well, real American. Well, I'm I'm not even talking about if it's if it's somebody of a different color or a different race or a different anything. I'm just talking about like if your next door neighbor is getting stuff, well, you know, he's a lazy so and so, but I deserve this. The the selfishness mm, I see what you're saying. coalesces mm-hmm. really strongly around race. But it isn't just race. It's it it really does granulate in way too many cases down to I deserve this, but that motherfucker doesn't. Okay. You know, it's 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 the the dark side of the independent streak of of the Scotch Irish. Mm-hmm. You know, taken to an extreme of not having any fucking empathy for anybody. Yeah, I deserve salvation. You know, Y'all can go to hell. Yeah, basically. Yeah, and and it it is it is a fetish mm-hmm. for so many people on the right, right. end of the aisle. That well, you know, people people who aren't deserving are going to get this. Well, okay, but what about all the people who are deserving who need it? Well, you know, we can't have it. It's more important that we make sure that people, you know, we we don't we don't want to be giving anybody a handout. Right. It's like well, oh, okay, but if we show you that economically it's actually better, doesn't matter. And that's no. what kills me is like it's divorced from reason. So you have Bill Clinton being able to be the the icon that they can whip up their people against and at the same time he's actually good for the economy and he's good for the republican legislature to get their shit through because he's such a centrist yeah secondly there were tremendous changes happening in our culture our our culture in 1992 planned parenthood versus casey was decided now this is not on clinton's watch but it's so close to it that everybody just kind of absorbed it. And they thought, you know, it, it's one of those, yeah. even though it's worked its way through the courts for six years, you know, it happened on his watch kind of thing. Um, so even though he hasn't necessarily put anybody on the on the court yet, he gets tagged with it. And this is the case that essentially reaffirmed Roe versus Wade. And it implemented mm-hmm. the undue burden standard, which is the one standard that, quote, 
has the purpose or effect of placing a substantial obstacle in the path of women or of a woman seeking an abortion of a non-viable fetus. Essentially, what it says is that it cannot be allowed to restrict a woman's access to abortion. So this this is what they talked about when they talked about abortion on demand. Uh, that was in the summer of 92. Clinton is not elected yet. It's during the campaign. And Pat Buchanan says a month later um, that abortion on demand would be what would happen if Democrats won. Well, Pat, it already was decided. It is jurisprudence. It was decided, by the way, by a court that was largely stacked by Ronald Reagan and George Bush, because it's the right goddamn thing to do for citizens seeking liberty. In 1994, Shannon Faulkner enrolled in the Citadel. This is a Southern, you know, I, I, I got to say, I love how many Southern military academies there were and how it meant nothing to the Civil War. Did fuck all for them. Um, well, okay, hold on, <laughs> okay. hold on, okay. hold on. Um, any, any military historian... Mm-hmm. Who, who specializes in looking at those issues will tell you that the officer corps of the Confederate army mm-hmm. on average mm-hmm. knew their shit mm-hmm. somewhat better than the officer corps of the North. Now here's the deal. Mm-hmm. So, so all of those military academies did have an effect. However, mm-hmm. Um, the South had no industrial base to speak of. Mm-hmm. They did not get any international support because they were rightly looked at as assholes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I'm trying to find other, 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 uh, vocabulary to describe it, but no, like I think that works. You know, I've, I've had, I've had enough to drink. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going to drop the filter. Um, and, and in, in the end, they they didn't have they they didn't have the resources they didn't have the uh, the the organization and they didn't have the political unity right uh, you know because the the union was all doing everything under under federal you know uh, direction and the individual state armies of the Confederacy um, had problems with their command structure. Mm-hmm. Like you know, Lee, an Army of Northern Virginia, is is depicted as being like this equivalent to Grant, and, and by in no some way ways, was he? well, in in some ways, in some ways, he kind of was. But the amount of actual, like, real authority he had, I mean, if if you want to give him credit for anything, the kind of the gift he had was that he was able to get these guys to stick with him and follow orders to the extent that they did mm-hmm. in the first place because based on the structure of the way the Confederate military was was on paper organized, he didn't have the same kind of authority that Grant did. So, you know, anyway, I'm I'm kind of getting off off topic here, but but yeah. They they had all of these all of these military academies and it did have an impact, but not enough. Okay, is basically what I'm quibbling over. Um, and they still lost, and people can still die mad about it. <laughs> Big Willie T clearly didn't burn enough shit. Yeah. So Shannon Faulkner in 1994. Come at me, Confederate assholes. Sorry. Okay. Carry on. Shannon, Shannon Faulkner, Faulkner. She enrolls in the Citadel, which is a Southern military college in South Carolina. So there's a <laughs> Big problem there. Um, yeah. She's a woman. 
And she's the first one to ever try to attend college there, as it was an all-men's college. And since they got state money, they had no right to deny her based on her gender. That was a violation of her civil rights. And it's pretty cut and dry, but consider in 1994 what it represented. Bill Clinton was already the president, and people were openly critical of how smart and active his wife Hillary was. Yep. He, he had appointed a woman as the attorney general, and he yep. had actually tried to appoint two other women, uh, but uh, they ended in some very embarrassing problems for him. Um, but Janet Reno becomes his, uh, what do you call it? His attorney, attorney general. general. Uh, Take just, no shit, Janet. Yes. And just a side note for uh, Janet, um, she died the day before uh, Trump got elected. Fuck. No, lucky woman. Um, <laughs> no man we need her well yeah that too uh, <sighs> for the first time ever you had a woman as an attorney general so mm-hmm. like people are losing their shit about how womanified everything's become um, and she oversaw the disaster at Waco and she did and she fucked that up um, so the idea yes. of a woman being involved at tough manly things had that had previously been all male was already a per- problem for a lot of segments of the population yeah. And then you add on top of that the fact that this is South Carolina we're talking about. Um, there were bumper stickers that showed up all over South Carolina, said 1,952 bulldogs and one bitch because she deigned to try to join a military academy. Um, there were death threats, manly ones, of course. Um, in 1995, a judge ordered that Faulkner be made to shave her head like the other cadets. Um, despite this not being the actual practice in the actual fucking military. Uh, so like part of me is like, yeah, y'all should shave your heads if that's the thing. But the other part of me is like, wait, wait, what's the military doing? Y'all should be doing that since you're a military academy. You're prepping them for the military. So what the fuck? I'm okay. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to come down as a centrist on this one. Mm -hmm. If, if the, if you are signing on, to join that institution and you know that that is the tradition of that institution, then that's part of what you're signing on for. Now, if they made up the idea that everybody has to shave their heads just Mm -hmm. to try to dissuade her, then that's bullshit. Fuck you all. But they didn't. Well, what you're also getting into is an all boys college. So ipso facto as a woman, you should not be even trying then based on that. I see what you're saying in that yeah. in that in that regard. I see what you're saying, but I, I think there's there's there there are shades of equal rights versus special treatment, mm-hmm. and yeah. And you see where which side South Carolina is going to come down. Oh on. yeah, well yeah, of course. I mean yeah. South Carolina obviously no South Carolina no. So, tell me if this sounds familiar. U.S. Marshals had to escort her onto campus yep. in, in August of '95. And in a week, she washed out. She did. She got heat exhaustion after four hours of physical training, along with four other cadets who were men, uh, and they ended up. Uh, they all ended up in the infirmary. When she left, it was because people were vandalizing her parents' house. Someone had threatened, of course, in a manly way, to kill her parents. Yeah. The male cadets openly. Yeah. The male cadets openly celebrated that she washed out when she had left. Um, I couldn't find any word on their celebration about the other 29 males who also had the same physical problem. 
Well, of course you couldn't. In 1996, the U.S. versus Virginia settled the issue once and for all. Okay, so you had that attempt, and then she uh, couldn't make it. Ha ha, look at that, women. Um, Janet Reno, uh, you know, she's too manly, and she's not manly enough. Um, It was a 7-to-1 decision in the Supreme Court uh, that that stated that the Virginia Military Institute, (laughs) Mm -hmm. all these Southern military colleges, and they still do the Civil War, they they don't have the right to discriminate based on gender. Uh, Scalia dissented because... Of course he did. Scalia. Uh-huh. Um, Motherfucker. The, the rest of them agreed with Ginsburg, making it a 7-1 ruling. Guess who had to recuse himself because his son actually went to the VMI? Who? Thomas. Uh, See, wait. I, yeah. Clarence Thomas recused himself because Hold his on. son went to the VMI. Okay. Yep. So, so, so Thomas recusing himself in, in the case of, of, you know, some conservative issue. <laughs> this doesn't surprise me at all, but um, Thomas's son mm-hmm. attended VMI. Yes, an institution that was originally founded specifically to train young men to be militia officers in the event of an uprising by black slaves. I don't see the problem here. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Sorry, just just my irony meter is kind of, you know, <laughs> yeah. ticking madly. Yeah. Like, okay. This school was given monies by the state. Uh, <sighs> well, okay. So uh, the ruling was that the school... Uncle any, Thomas. Yeah. Oh. Uh, any school given monies by the state or federal government could not discriminate against people uh, who were applying there based on sex. You don't get to. Yeah. Women get to go in the military colleges from here on out. The VMI thought about going private, actually, to get around that. Mm-hmm. Because, they of did. course, they did. Um, but that would have actually set a really scary precedent. And the Department of Defense said that if you do, the DOD is going to take away all of your ROTC funding from the VMI. So the VMI buckle. Wow. Yeah. So Buchanan is here in 1992 talking about a culture war. And traditionally exclusive institutions of education are having to open up. The military no longer being allowed to open uh, openly ban gay service members as well. Clinton had originally wanted to follow through on his campaign promise, which he had made, and end the exclusion in the military entirely. There were several studies done to get the opinions of experts on sociology, sexuality, and psychology. Now, when you get experts who are uh, experts about these things, that's really easy to paint them as liberal elitists yes well yeah yeah um and and within okay having been an rotc cadet Mm -hmm. my first two years of college Mm -hmm. in you know 93 94 and 94 95 i was kind of seeing this unfolding Mm -hmm. and i will say the uh non-commissioned officer corps Mm -hmm. Uh, of of the U.S. Army, if if the NCOs who were part of the training cadre mm-hmm. at UC Davis were any indication of the broader population as a whole, mm-hmm. um, unsurprisingly, uh, this this was a policy that met with very grudging uh, acquiescence. Mm-hmm. Um. They're, they're unsurprisingly 
there was a very strong socially conservative streak uh, in in the culture of the military. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason, part of the reason the policy turned out to be don't ask, don't tell, as opposed to no, 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 let them all serve, mm-hmm. period, is, is because – you know, uh, within the DOD, there were there were concerns that there would be significant unrest. Well, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. And I'm not and I'm not saying that's legitimate at all. No, self censorship that's, that's because part of what someone might do is the worst yeah. thing you could do for yourself. Make them yeah. be the violent pricks and then deal with them accordingly. Yeah. Um, so it's looking with all these efforts of Clinton to get expertise and stuff like that. It looks like liberals versus ordinary Americans again. It looks like elites versus the rest of us. Clinton receives huge pushback, specifically from the Marine Commandant General Carl Mundy, who was on... Because it was, of course, the Marines. Of course it was. Uh, which, I mean, aren't there jokes about why the Marines are on the boats anyway? Um, no, it's usually the Navy, but yeah. No, it's because why, do you, why does the Navy carry Marines on their ships? It's because sheep would be too obvious. Ooh. Yeah. Holy shit, man. I grew up in a Navy household. I never heard that one before. Well, Dear it still God. blasts the Navy for fucking sheep. Well, like, yeah, you know, well yeah, but, but <laughs> you know, wow. Being the dominant no, partner but, in a homosexual relationship, any, you're still homosexual. And, any you know. any opportunity to rag on Marines, though, my God. True. All right. True. So it, Clinton gets pushback from Mundy, and who was at the time on the Joint Chiefs of Staff, and he did what centrists do. Colin Powell suggested a compromise to him. Don't ask, don't tell. And Clinton went with it. Uh, But here's the thing. Like now we look back and we're like, how could you do that? But at the time it was either that or nothing because it was, it was too much because America's fucked. Um, But um, now it, and, and even at the time though, even with don't ask, don't tell all the traditionalists are saying, look, this elitist liberal president is forcing gays upon everyone. They're shoving them down our sweaty, waiting throats, you know, and it just, there's so much fucked up fetishization that, that okay. homophobes so, have. So, it's, and, yeah. and, and nobody, nobody, of course, in, in our audience can see it because this is an audio medium. Yes. But, but, but while Damien was saying his bit about our sweaty, waiting throats, there was, there was a back and forth motion going on with a clenched <laughs> fist in one hand that was just. Damn right. Like one of us is a stand-up comedian, ladies and gentlemen. Can you tell who's who? Uh, so, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> with what Buchanan said in '96, yeah, homosexuality is a huge hot-button culture war issue. Um, and despite Barry fucking Goldwater, an actual conservative, one that I find alarmingly scary, he said, "You don't have to be straight to shoot straight." He Everybody said that. Finds Barry Goldwater alarming. Yeah, he's an alarming individual. Yeah, this is the guy who advocated using tactical nukes in Vietnam for God's sake. Right, and he straight <clears> up <throat> says, uh, "No, look, we yeah. looked at the experts, and you don't have to be straight. Be straight to shoot straight. Let's, you know, people want to serve, they get to serve." Well, here's the deal. The uh-huh. thing is, Barry Barry Goldwater, mm-hmm. for all of his being, you know, Barry Goldwater, fucking crazy pants, Barry Goldwater was genuinely a conservative. Yeah. He was an intellectual conservative which, who which, yeah, yeah, to turn of, of the of lot. the of the William F. Buckley, you know, school. Yeah, who who is where, a huge where, problem, but yes. Yeah. But I mean, you know, there's there's actual Principles. there's actually 
principles involved yeah. that that go beyond I got mine fuck you. Speaking of principles, the 2000 yep. Republican platform uh, oh, yeah. clearly stated I got mine fuck you. Well, that too. Uh that was on okay. page that was the, the the back page of the oh, Okay. Back, um back. but what it said was we affirm that homosexuality is incompatible with military service. That was their platform in 2000. George W. Bush endorsed that. And that's the shift that we're seeing, despite evidence, despite expertise. No, expertise, that's a fucking liberal conspiracy. Now us ordinary ordinary folks have to deal with that. And that's the shift you see in the mid-90s with talk radio, culture war, galvanizing people into thinking that their own intransigence was proof of other people polarizing. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Well, well, I mean, what it all comes down to is it is the triumph Mm -hmm. of our innate national anti-intellectualism mm-hmm. well, it's know, the weaponizing it's, it's, of it yeah well you know? yeah and, and yeah. prior to that you could be an expert and still you you could like you know be personally conservative and still vote for f- very liberal things because it benefited you like you that i got mine actually was better back then um well not, yeah. not only not only that but you you could you could be a conservative and and being a conservative meant something different. Mm-hmm. Being a conservative meant you were not a progress for progress's sake. Let's do this thing because it's new. Yeah, you cared about you know, social cohesion you, you, more you, than you, you cared, cared about, about liberty, yeah, which well, is fine. And that's that's because that's a trade off. And yeah. I can understand and see where people are coming from with that. I disagree, yeah. but I get it. I I also studied the French yeah. Revolution. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, you know, you, you, you believe that, okay, look, if we're going to make changes, let's make sure that the right change is to make. Mm-hmm. And if we don't have to make a change, you need to justify to me why we should. Right. You know, and, and that's, that is, that is conservative. But that also I'm, includes. I'm, I'm that kind of, I mean, deep mm-hmm. down in the depths of my soul, I'm that kind of conservative. But the thing is nowadays that makes me. A fucking communist, apparently. Well, because it includes within it a, and this is, I'm going to get right back to what I was saying. Okay. Um, it includes within it a willingness to change based on the evidence. And that intransigence becomes part of the brand. And because I'm intransigent, I am going to, uh, uh, clearly other people are polarizing. Look, now it's two equal sides. It's like, no, you ran to the right and people are saying, where, where are you going? <laughs> Yeah. So true yeah. conservatives with the intellectual backing, like you said, with thinking are on the wane. Reactionaries are on the on the 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 wax on the on the rise on the, on the wax. Yeah. And, Waxy waning. Yeah. And more importantly, political tribalism is really picking up. And now anything that the Democrat president does becomes fodder for people to run against. And that brings us up to the election of 1996. And that'll bring us back to the NWO taking over in our next episode. But right, right now, I want to call out uh, to producer George, who has just started playing Dungeons and Dragons with his family, and they just had their very first—I uh, I, want to say—episode. They had their very first adventure <laughs> tonight, and I'm looking very much forward to hearing uh, how the Rats of Waterdeep went for them. As am I. Yes. As am I. So uh, we're yeah. running hard against the, uh, the 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 timer, so I'll ask you okay. what you're reading next time. Uh, okay. But, Sounds um, good. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know how to end it without asking that. To be honest. Um, uh, so Takeaway. Social media. 
Oh yeah, Social. takeaway, oh, takeaway. Yeah. What what okay. have you gleaned so far in a minute or less? Um, the just just how clear in retrospect the path is to where we are right now. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, up to and including the the and, and I'm going to date us right now by saying this, but the, the the events in Minneapolis in the last few days. Um, and, and the, we hadn't even dreamt of social media existing mm-hmm. back in, in 93, 94, 95, but the shit people are saying mm-hmm. is, is an echo yeah. of the kind of shit that people were saying, <laughs> yeah. you know, back, back then. And, you know, I have, I have, there's a whole rant, um, that, that, I don't know, I, I might, I might not be able to prevent myself from getting into an in, in our next episode, uh, about this, but you know, the, the, what you, what you just said a minute ago mm-hmm. about the rise of political tribalism yes. and the right literally running to the right and then telling everybody, well, you know, they're being divisive. Mm-hmm. Is like, you know, Ronald Reagan, like honest to God, if Ronald Reagan were to rise from the dead today mm-hmm. and look at the Republican Party, he would be gobsmacked. Do you think so? Because I, I still I don't think, think well, he's a very principled person. I think he well, would say, okay, oh, that's where I need to go. No, here's the deal. Here's the deal. I, I think he he would he would be shocked. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily by the underlying underbelly of of the of the ideas involved, clearly because welfare queens, mm-hmm. but the the blatant level of hatred. You know everything everything he did, as ugly as it got, was dog whistled. Mm-hmm. And That's true. he 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 did not ever say anything. He he didn't let himself rant the way that our current president does. Uh, that's and, not a fair comparison. And, you're, well, you're comparing somebody who was a very very selfish and uh, frankly awful human being and an adult to a man baby. <laughs> That's, All right. Yeah. Well, okay. Eisenhower. If we go back further. Okay. There you go. Um. You know. I mean. I mean. I. If Eisenhower were to try to run for office now, he would be derided as a rhino, and our current president would be campaigning against him actively. Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um. You know. And and like let's let's talk about, you know, who's who's actually a conservative and who is, a hateful ra- racist white supremacist uh wacko like mm-hmm. like like my if if my grandfather who was a died in the wool republican voted like you know would have voted for for bush the second if 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 he'd been alive to do it if my grandfather were alive today he would be ashamed of the man who's in the white house and my grandfather grew up in Iowa and spent most of his adult life in the South mm-hmm. and carried all of the unfortunate racial biases that that implies. Yep. But 
he was not hateful, if that makes sense. It does. He, he grew and up the, in, in a hateful time, and so he had average values for that time. Um, yeah. But he was not specifically hateful. He was, I guess, incidentally. Yeah. He he was he was he was he was institutionally mm-hmm. a racist, mm-hmm. and he carried negative ideas about people of color. But he didn't. He didn't. He he he. I think was happy to see that I didn't carry those prejudices. Good. And I think seeing what the Republican Party looks like today, he would be gobsmacked. Yeah. As as much as as much as he carried those ideas subconsciously, the the way that our current president chooses to talk and the way the Republican Party has behaved mm-hmm. would piss him off, and rightly so. You know, and and I mean, but but now looking back at what happened in those years, you know, it's it's now it's now really too obvious how yeah. we got where we are. Oh, and yeah. that's 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 it basically. Okay. Uh, where can people find you to ask you more about your grandfather on social media? <laughs> uh, you can find me at E H uh, Blaylock mm-hmm. on Twitter, and you can find me at uh, Mister Blaylock on Instagram. How about you? You can find me at Duh Harmony. Two H's in the middle. Uh, either on Insta or on the Twitter. Um, you can also find me every Tuesday night, starting in June. Uh, on uh, twitch.tv forward slash capital puns doing my my pun show for the fourth year in a row Uh, very cool and every Sunday uh, unless technology gets in our way uh, at (laughs) twitch.tv fucking I tell you twitch.tv forward slash calling it in the ring where we talk about surprisingly wrestling Uh, indeed anyway uh, you can also find us at where Uh, geek history time on uh, the twitter Mm-hmm. As well as our, our website, geekhistorytime. Geekhistorytime.com. So, uh, yeah. Well, uh, until next time, I'm Damien Harmony. And I'm Ed Blaylock. And until next time, keep rolling 20s.